power on. Dark Podcasting. Anonymously creating, distributing, marketing, and funding your podcast. Privacy-centric and censorship-resistant. A Sovereign Tech First University special presentation. Woo! The best in professional podcasting is now between your ears, baby. And it is time to do something that, well, it was actually requested by a Sovereign Tech listener, a great listener, in the Telegram group. And when he said it, when he asked it, I just said, well, that's brilliant. Yes, of course, people need this kind of info. And I even looked around, you know, did a little little ducking, <laughs> not Googling, ducking, did a little, uh, I ducked it, I don't know, or duck it. I, I really, I, you know, I got to admit, I wish DuckDuckGo would use a different name, but you're going to be using DuckDuckGo in part of what we're talking about here. I assure you that. So get used to it. But I looked around a little bit. And no one really had a setup for this. I mean, there's a way to compile this information, which in some way I've done, but this is, these are things that I already knew, uh, of course, because, well, I'm a cybersecurity specialist. So, you know, it comes to the territory and as a staunch privacy advocate, that's a big part of it as well, but we are going to talk about, and I'm going to give this a, a, well, we'll give it somewhat of a, not a subheader, but we'll give it a header that might make it part of a series, even though there aren't too many more directions I can, I can think of where, where, where this would go, but you know, maybe, maybe there will be basically, I am going to tell you in this episode, this little special. Okay. I am going to tell you how to anonymously make publish, uh, make and publish a podcast but then basically also how to continue to exist anonymously as a podcaster. Um, I'll get into a little bit of blogging too, but that's a lot easier and it's kind of part and parcel uh, with, with podcasting and and you'll see why Uh, as far as questions. Well, how can I, you know, be a vlogger, right? Somebody who does videos or whatever, you know, how can I be anything like that? How can I, you know, anonymously publish videos to YouTube and all this stuff. Um, I, I think that that kind of defeats the point. Let me read, let's open this up. Let me read the actual comment from the telegram group. And if you want to join the telegram group, feel free to, there's links in the show notes. Can't miss it. And all you have to do is have telegram installed. You click the link and boom, you're in regardless of what platform you're on. So here, here's the, 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 the question or comment or suggestion that I got, uh, in the tell in the sovereign tech polytechnic telegram group. Dr. S, given all the content creators getting banned, how about a dark podcaster series or course telling folks how to create content without censorship in a privacy centric way? Question mark. And I said, yeah, yeah, you know, as soon as I read that, I was just like, oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) And I love it when you guys do this, when you guys, gals and Z's, when you all do this, when you, when you share your, you know, your thoughts, uh, suggestions and so on with me. I mean, I really, really, I, I take those to heart. Um, and some of the longest running and I dare say best ideas in the shows in sovereign text history have come from listeners. 
Uh, I mean, even sometimes it's just little things, right? Like when I do, you know, like there, there's the climax, which that was my idea, which is the end of the show, right? Because, you know, I like to get sexy, but then uh, a listener and actually the number one sovereign tech listener of all time, always missed uh, Chris. He said, well, why don't you call the opening? Uh, you know, instead of it, like just being the little stories, why don't you call it the foreplay? And I was like, oh, well, that's genius, right? I mean, so even small things like that. And frankly, in memory of Chris, I can never imagine taking that out of the show, but I digress. So I love getting these ideas from you. And I thought that this was such a brilliant thing and such an important thing to do because, you know, it's true that, uh, I mean, be it, you know, pick your platform, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter. I mean, and, and, you know, on Instagram, it could be because somebody showed a nipple, uh, you know, on Twitter, who the hell knows why it seems, I mean, again, Twitter is, is so contradictory, so full of shit, quite frankly. Uh, be the fact that the president of the United States, really actually any politician hasn't been banned makes no sense to me because all of them are basically threatening violence just by the very nature of them being politicians. You know, that's the nature of government, right? The monopoly use of force. Anyway, you're not here for that. <laughs> but, um, you know, you never know why you could end up getting taken down. Certainly something that could be helpful for you. Now, there's a lot of reasons why you might want to do things anonymously, but something that could be helpful for you is to not attach your identity, your, you know, real world identity or perhaps slave identity or something along those lines. People use, use a lot of uh, really kitschy terms for that sort of thing, basically meaning your real name. Uh, there, there could be a lot of reasons why you don't want that to be, you know, and maybe because you want to speak, you know, some real truth to power. And I'm not talking any like racist horseshit. I'm just talking about, you, you know, things that are, I mean, look, do you want to know what say makes a person, a dangerous individual. What really makes them a dangerous individual is when they are anti-status quo. Okay. Like somebody being, I don't know. I mean, usually in, in, in conventional terms, okay. Under the general auspices of civilization, you know, somebody, uh, a killer is a dangerous person, you know, or, or I don't know, whatever, some badass uh, in an octagon or something like that. Like they're a dangerous person, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and I understand where, where that sort of comes from, but really the person that is genuinely dangerous, that often brings down entire armies upon themselves or the entire propaganda machine of a government historically is the person that is against the status quo is the person that does speak truth to power is the person that removes the stratagem of power over, right? And so that makes you somebody that, you know, oh, well, we got to shut you down. We got to shut you down. I mean, you know, there's, there's easy stuff. People talk about, you know, hate speech and whatever. No, they take you down for that. And look, folks, I'll be the first person to say, like, if you have a YouTube channel and you get taken down for any reason, go ahead and ask for a refund. Ask for a refund from Google. Oh, what? You, you didn't pay anything for that? Oh, well then shut the fuck up. Like I, I, I have no sympathy and, and this is a long held stance. I have no sympathy whatsoever for people who publish on these platforms completely for free. And it doesn't matter how much money, you know, Google or YouTube makes off of you or alphabet, blah, blah, blah. You get taken down off there. I mean, that's what you get for not being what we're actually going to talk about here. Censorship resistant. And 
you know, okay, maybe again, this episode isn't going to cover making videos and doing videos and posting videos online because video doesn't even work well conventionally over the internet. And it doesn't. Okay. In all kinds of ways. I mean, we don't even have to get around the, get to the economics of it, but even there it's a fail. So you're, I mean, one thing to understand first and foremost is that get over the idea of making videos like that, that that's just not, it's really, it's not going to happen. Um, admittedly, most of the video content that I've even seen by, shall we say people that speak truth to power. Okay. Uh, is frankly annoying and pointless. Um, I can barely think uh, unless it's something that's like, uh, uh, like intentionally designed to be somehow comedy perhaps, but like, I, I think it's just stupid to make content where you're, you're like mock interviewing. I mean, you're, you're really interviewing them, but you're doing it in a mocking way to go mock interview politicians. They're politicians. We already know they're fucking idiots. Who doesn't believe that? Um, you know, I like that, that, that kind of stuff is just, or whatever, bum rushing politicians or like making videos of you at the Bilderberg group or whatever. That's, that's just horseshit. That's pure horseshit or yelling at kids in, in a, at, and you know, in a, um, a park in Texas, you know, and, and saying that they're all, I don't know, troglodytes and slaves or whatever. It's stop. None of that stuff convinces anybody. Okay. It really, really doesn't. And there's a, there's quite a few reasons that I don't think it really convinces people. Uh, and I don't need to make that a centerpiece of this conversation of this episode that we're going to do of, that we're doing here. But ultimately, I mean, a lot of this like theatrical, uh, activism, I guess you could call it that it doesn't really convince anybody. It doesn't really do anything for anybody, partly because you are running into where there are people have, well, here, let me give you, let, let's, let me give you an analogy um, or something analogous. I should say more accurately romance novels. Now about 15 years ago, romance novel sales suddenly went through the roof. I mean, the sales literally tripled. Now you think, how is that possible? Romance novels were already such a huge deal, guaranteed sellers on the bookshelves. Like how, how what could possibly happen? Was there a population explosion of some kind? No, there wasn't, at least not in that way. There wasn't some kind of population explosion. There may have been a demographic explosion, but what allowed for that demographic explosion? Let me tell you what allowed for it. Okay. What allowed for that demographic explosion was the ebook reader is what allowed you to read a book anonymously, right? Because all you saw was it said either Amazon or Kindle or whatever on it, or I don't know, uh, Kobo or what, whatever e-reader you happen to have, or you read it on your smartphone and they just think you're looking at your smartphone, like a zombie, what, you know, whatever it is, um, that what happened is that males suddenly felt like, Oh, I can read these. I can check these out and I don't have to worry about the guy next to me, you know, or the guy uh, in front of me looking at me and suddenly they see Mike O'Hearn on the cover of a, of a novel, you know, looking, looking sexy as hell. Right. <laughs> that's, Cause he used to do that. Uh, that's yeah, my buddy, Mike O'Hearn there anyway. So, <laughs> so you see, you have to present information and this is part of the power 
of podcasting and arguably, I guess, blogging to some degree with video and doing all this, the show bullshit, you know, out in public and everything there are people are going to run into the, the walls of societal mores and it will keep your message from seeping in. Okay. From, from getting to their more objective individual mind, they're still going to be confronted with groupthink because they're basically out in public. Um, and this is something before you say, oh, those cowards. No, 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 no. This is something that happens very unconsciously. That's been ingrained in right permission culture. That's been ingrained in you since you were a baby. Good luck fighting that. That takes a lot of work. So the best thing that can happen, I mean, maybe, you know, it's in your car. I mean, how many times have you caught somebody like acting like a fool? And I mean that in a nice way, acting like a fool, singing and whatever to, you know, I don't know, a rush song or something, uh, you know, on the radio, um, when they pull up next to you and then they realize, oh shit, they saw me and they just stop. Right. It's that same thing that happens. And this is the power of podcasting and of blogging to some degree, you know, that video just doesn't allow for. And for that, that open activism, I don't think really allows for. Okay. The revolution that has to happen for people, okay, of speaking truth to power, of getting to striking the root, getting to the core comes, it has to start in the mind. It has to start in the mind. It is not something that they can be, that is going to get visually thrusted on them or anything. It just, that does not work. That does not work. So all, all this, this showbiz activism, give me a fucking break. All right. So I have no, I don't care about video. Video doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, I've made little videos, but they're basically, they're very basic things. Really just another way to transmit my audio content. It has nothing to, that. that's as far as I go with, with my podcast. It has nothing to do with somehow presenting something interesting in video. I mean, you can have fun in video, sure. But as far as, you know, doing things that may uh, threaten the status quo and get you banned, you know, or, or get you censored, right. And, and, and get your channel taken down and other stuff, you know, video is just not the place for that. Uh, in fact, there's a very old saying that, uh, videos for the dummies, audios for the intellectuals. I mean, that, that, that's the saying gets said a bunch of different ways, but that's the gist of it. And that's a long, long, long held, long known, essentially treated as fact in radio and it has, you know, spread into podcasting. And I think that a lot of, you know, people going on social media, I mean, have you ever had somebody like really say to you, boy, I saw, I just saw this fucking tweet and man, my mind is completely changed. No, that never happens. It's, it's horseshit. Or I saw this picture on Instagram and now suddenly my life is uh, completely altered. No, that doesn't happen. None of that stuff happens. All right. However, ask people, well, I heard this, you know, I heard this podcast or I heard this radio show or whatever. And Oh, actually again, because there are those, those barriers, again, it gets right between the ears. There may have been a genuine mind shift, you know, a genuine, uh, uh, uh change in mindset. So it's a powerful medium basically to, you know, to get to it. And it does allow for you to speak truth to power. And that means there's a good chance that you could effectively get shut down. So the advantages, what to do. Uh, I mean, the, the advantages here, fortunately, is that 
this actually isn't hard. Anonymously publishing a blog or anonymously publishing a podcast and getting it out there to anybody that wants it. No special tools required for the, you know, for the consumer. Okay. For the person that's going to take in your content, uh, is actually, believe it or not, it's very easy, especially today, all while ultimately protecting your identity. Okay. Now, like I said, there, there's a lot of reasons that you might want to, you know, that you might want to get into this, that, that you may wish to, uh, you know, why you'd want to blog or podcast more anonymously. Um, I mean, oh, so you can do bad things or say bad things. I mean, what's bad, right? That that's a very subjective term. Again, you are speaking out against the status quo. So you are considered a bad person. Anybody, in my opinion, that is trying to change or speak out against the status quo is a very dangerous individual. And I say that in a good way, in a very respectful way. But to everybody else, you're a bad man. I mean, you know, if in fact, if we measured like the 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 uh, the threat level, the dangerousness of an individual, the danger, you know, the level of, of danger of an individual, um, <laughs> I mean, fuck, I might be the baddest man on the planet at that point. <laughs> if it's, if it's measured by, you know, how much do you speak out against the status quo and, you know, how does your, uh, uh expectations of what the human experience is like, um, you know, compared to what it is now? Oh yeah, I am a bad, bad man. <laughs> so again, bad things, it's subjective. Uh, and you know, you want to speak truth to power. So yeah, you, you may want to be anonymous for those reasons. Uh, you might be a whistleblower, even another great reason to be anonymous. There are absolutely, I, I hate the word legitimate, but we'll use it. There are absolutely legitimate reasons for you to want to remain anonymous. Um, I mean, and if you're a whistleblower, you know, your life could get ruined if people find out who you are and, and what you're talking about. Um, you know, maybe, and this is important to consider, maybe you don't have a whole lot to say. You just got a couple things that you want to get out there. There's no need to go through a massive expensive process of, I mean, cause look like to do a, a podcast, right. Or even to do a blog, right. That can be a very expensive proposition. I know, uh, as a professional podcaster and as somebody who's also blogged over time, uh, especially to get it to the point where perhaps, you know, it turns some kind of profit and we will talk about how to do all of this, you know, and make money at the same time. Um, that can be very expensive. So that that's, that's something to, you know, but maybe you only have a little bit you want to say, and you just want to have it out there for people to, you know, to, to, to take in. Um, and then you're done. It's a great reason to remain anonymous about it. That way, you know, you're not, it doesn't stay uh, attached to, to you, who you are, your real life persona. Um, so that, I mean, that, that, that's important. Uh, another thing, you know, when people don't know who you are, uh, and you're not worried about getting judged, I mean, you basically end up with a, a near limitless sense of creativity. I think, you know, if you're a creative person, um, and you know, again, you get that judgment free expression, uh, you're not worried about your reputation. Um, you know, and, and at any point you can, I mean, when you're done with whatever you want to say on a certain topic, you can branch off into other ones. Uh, also, and this is pretty key too. this is one that this is a reasoning for being anonymous in your content creation that again, I mean, the censorship thing is, 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 you know, the, the key here, but a thing that I don't think a lot of people really consider you can, you know, if, if you 
remove your identity, what you look like, even like going that far. If you remove your identity from your content, the content stands on its own feet and you have perhaps the opportunity to be taken more seriously, be considered an authority because all people can gauge you on is is the quality of your information of what you're putting out there. And I think that that's a very powerful thing because, you know, you could say something. I mean, you could just offhand say something that might come up from a position of, say, I don't know, maybe it sounds like you said something, you know, that like John Kelvin said, right? And now if people can like look into you, okay, and know who you are, they might look in your past and say, oh, well, he was Baptist. Maybe he's still Baptist now. I don't want to listen to him. He's Christian, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But if you stay anonymous, you know, they just, they, they have to like to put together any kind of picture of what you think they, all they can do is keep listening. They can't do, you know, a bunch of Google searches or whatever and dig into who you are. So there's the opportunity to really build yourself as an authority, uh, much quicker, ironically, because you'd think it'd be the other way around, but you'd, you'd have the opportunity to build yourself up as an authority by being anonymous. Because again, all people can gauge you by is the quality of your information and content. And you can make quality content and and keep it anonymous, especially when the content is either text-based or audio, just audio, no video. Okay. So I'll admit before we get into what, you know, you can actually, how to actually go about this. I'll admit there is a part of me and I've been this way for, I thought this way for a long time, almost as long as I've been doing podcasting. There is a part of me that I wish, um, that I didn't attach my identity. I didn't attach me to sovereign tech. There's a part of me that would have really enjoyed sovereign tech being, uh, you know, a very anonymous creation. Now, why didn't I do that? It's not, did I not know how to do it? You know, 10 years ago or almost a decade ago? Uh, no, I knew very well how to do it then. Um, that that's, well, I, I shouldn't say very well. I mean, it, because that was pre Snowden revelations. And certainly there are some things that are, you know, known now that, uh, or that I would know after 2013 that I would have loved to have known, you know, pre 2013, if I wanted to actually be anonymous, that, that basically would have, would have fucked my anonymity if I didn't know it. So there's that. Okay. Yes. But I wanted to, I mean, my purpose in getting into podcasting initially all right. Yes, I did a podcast because, you know, I didn't feel like my ideas were were represented, but a quick in to admittedly to a larger audience to get those opinions out there was to attach it with me also being a co-host on Sovereign Tech Sponsor Free Talk Live. It's not a sponsor read. I'm just telling you. Because I mean, I did that for two years. Now, the two cross-pollinated. There are a lot of people who actually came to Free Talk Live through Sovereign Tech and vice versa. Right. Um, you know, I wanted to very early on, I wanted to beat the stats. Okay. Meaning that the average podcast, you know, only goes like seven episodes. I mean, that's not counting mini series. We're talking about ones that are supposedly going to go on forever. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, I have comments anyway. No. <laughs> Uh, sovereign tech still here, folks. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Uh, you get the same amount of episodes every single year. I mean, it, it does not change. It does not fail. Okay. Um, anyway, so the other metric is that the average podcast has, 
uh, hundred listeners or less. Um, again, I wanted to beat that statistic. I wanted to say, no, 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 this is not an average podcast. Okay. It's going to go the distance. Again, we're coming on a decade here, baby. It's going to go the distance after so many have fallen away. All right. I said it. There we go. <laughs> Uh, all these podcasts, like, yeah, support our show. We're going to be here forever. And now they're all gone. In fact, they've been gone for years anyway. Uh, and I wanted to have, you know, well over a hundred listeners and really, you know, having that in, in a very real way, having that, and I've said this before, having that built in free talk live audience was a huge boost. You know, it definitely put the show far above average very quickly. And I wanted that there. Now that was my choice. Um, at the time also, you know, there wasn't so much of the censorship where discord channels are getting shut down. Uh, you know, YouTube channels are getting shut down podcasts are well, I, I don't know that it's very tough to ban a podcast. That's part of what we'll talk about here. You know, blogs perhaps get shut down by, uh, you know, by the web, uh, the web host. I mean, like there, there's, there's so many, it, you know, it's, or Twitter accounts get shut down. It's happening, right? So that wasn't as big, a big of a deal then, but it is a big deal now. So that's again, what we're going to solve here, but it's important to bring up at the onset that doing anonymous content is going to, is, is a roadblock to adoption. Okay. Because if you have to be posting everything anonymously, um, you're, I mean, you're not going to want to use like your real name, Twitter account or Facebook account to share it. I mean, because that's just going to attach it to you, especially if you're the first one to share it. That's a problem. And even asking your friends, you know, Hey, would you share this? I, I mean, you're just, it's too close. You, you, you can't do that. Um, now there are, again, there's ways around this, right? For example, uh, and we're going to talk about setting up a Twitter account anonymously. This is a very, very, to get any kind of real adoption. This is a very key thing is having a Twitter account and a telegram account. Reason being is that there are, you know, accounts you can follow and uh, respond to on Twitter. There are channels or, or groups specifically. There are groups on Telegram where you can post, you know, your content, your show, your blog, whatever. And, you know, and people can can find it and engage. It, right. And hopefully they do. At the very least, it's it's one way for you to anonymously market or it's a couple ways being both Twitter and telegram, but bottom line, you're not, you are not, and you're not going to ask your friends to be sharing your shit. Okay. Because you're trying to be fucking anonymous here, right? We're trying to have that privacy angle in here. So you don't get judged, blah, blah, blah. And boy, who's going to judge you harsher. I mean, great friends don't judge, but how many people have genuinely great friends? Very few in this world. I am lucky that I have, <sighs> I mean, I don't even call them friends, you know, I, <laughs> I call them family names. Okay. Because I mean, that's just how much they mean to me. So you got to keep that in mind. Okay. And I don't know how well I'm going to be able to like list all of this in the show notes, but I'll try. But you, as long as you're listening to this, you're getting the point. So why don't we go ahead? Let's start talking about how to set up, you know, all right, we'll start off with blogs. Cause it's going to go to the, the, the same direction and then we'll just spin off into podcasting. Okay. So with a blog, you have two options. The first option. Now I mentioned telegram a minute ago, right? 
even with, even if you're just setting up a blog, you're going to want to set up a Twitter and Telegram account. We'll talk about how to do that. One thing you don't need a Twitter or Telegram or even a website for is to make an anonymous blog. What you can, so part one, where you're all, where all of this is going to start is you're going to use tails. Okay. You're going to use tails OS, right? Which is the, the, the Tor based, or should I say Debian based operating system that completely operates through Tor. You're going to have, and if you want to have a separate little computer to, you know, to make that happen, I've talked about this on Sovereign Tech before. I think the best little Tails computer on the planet, it's an Asus. Um, I know there's sometimes questions around Asus's quality. Well, their little 11-inch computers always really do the job. Again, they, they can't do much, but what they do, they do fairly well. And I've been, anyway, let, let's just talk about it. So the L203M, that is the little 11-inch model of a computer, little laptop that you're going to want to get. And you're going to want this because a, again, it boots and everything runs perfectly in tails, everything. Okay. So you're going to have your USB drive running tails. You're going to pop that into that little computer and you're good. And you know, if you're ever worried uh, about somebody finding it, well, the nice thing is, is that all this content that you're creating minus what's actually online, but all of your project files, maybe saved files of your blogs that you write up and everything can all be on a little flash drive. That is your entire operating system that includes persistent storage. So you're going to want to set up persistent storage and tails so that you can have that. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not going to give you a breakdown on how to use tails here. That's not the point, but there are plenty of dynamite. This is a place where video has a place and it probably would not get shut down either, uh, but there are plenty of great videos and tutorials online on how to use tails and how to make sure you're putting everything in the persistent folder and all of this. And that's all encrypted. I mean, that it's just, it's the way to go. You're going to be doing this on tails. You're going to be posting content online via tour. That's how you're going to engage all of this. And again, if you have a completely separate computer, uh, like the L203M, I absolutely recommend that from Asus using that. Uh, I mean, look, it, it's not a powerhouse at all. Okay. Not, not even remotely close. It has like four gig of Ram, but I mean, it's really low in Ram has an EMMC drive. You're not even going to bother with that because tails runs completely off of, uh, you know, off of a thumb drive, right? USB 3.0. You can do that. Now this, the L203M, one of the nice things is, is it does have a USB-C which sometimes up until recently, that was hard to even find, you know, on a real premium laptop as to where the L203M, you can get this for under $200, you know, cause it's just the little 11 inch, you know, has the, the 720p screen, right. But it, that's enough to do what you need to do. And it has, well, again, it has a headphone jack port and you can plug in a microphone and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into That's the only hardware I'm really going to talk about. I am not going to get into, uh, you know, microphones to use. Um, if you really, you know, as far as recording goes, cause again, you're going to do everything, everything from typing the content to recording, you know, the podcast, whatever you're going to do it all on this laptop. All right. Now there's actually, there's an Amazon essentials microphone that, and even like a Yeti, like a blue Yeti, all of most USB microphones will work just fine. And you're not going to get like a lot of the nice software features in tails, but they all work very well with tails. But something else that you could try to do is, is if you have, um, and I've done this with varying Behringer models that have a USB uh, output 
on the, on a mixer, a Behringer mixer, you can connect that mixer. And then you, I mean, you could hook up a, a Shure microphone. I mean, you know, really, really high end stuff. So, I mean, you could create really high end content and it would still operate perfectly through tails. Okay. So there you don't have to sacrifice quality. You don't have to use a, a cheap microphone. I mean, another option as far as microphones go, uh, if you really want, or if there is some kind of issue with, you know, it connecting to tails, you could use, um, like, a, an H one N or you can go up to like an H six, you know, or an H four N, you know, you, you can get into higher end. Uh, those are zoom models of microphones, not zoom is in the, the web soft, you know, the web conferencing software zoom is in the long, yeah, well, they're kind of part of Samson, but the long running audio engineering company. Um, and you could just, you know, use because the L203M has a micro SD card slot. And so you could either, or you could just pop an adapter on it, you know, and you can put in the SD card and then work off of the file that way if you wanted to do that. Because perhaps, I mean, this is something to consider as well, where you're living. Now, me, I, especially when I'm podcasting, I have somewhat of a, and I'm not saying this is like a good thing or, you know, I'm not being braggadocious. I have somewhat of a booming voice particularly when I'm behind the microphone and that, you know, your neighbors can hear all that, right? <laughs> so that's a concern that you're going to have something else to be concerned about. Do you want, you know, a smartphone around or any other normal device when you're recording, um, you know, to, to potentially be able to record what you're putting down. This is getting into the paranoid, uh, very paranoid aspects of this, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. And at what is a sovereign tech axiom, only the paranoid survive. So that makes a pretty good case for you may want to have a completely separate microphone than even what necessarily connects to, uh, you know, to the, to the L203. Okay. To your, you know, your little tails laptop. And when you have that, again, you know, everything gets recorded on a micro SD card slot and then you can pop it into, you know, into that machine in a way, you know, and you can do all the editing right there. So Tails has Audacity built into it. It also has LibreOffice built into it. So you have industry standard, top of the line uh, software for both, for both operations, meaning for blog posts, you know, you got, you have LibreOffice for podcasting, you have Audacity. And if you're wondering, oh, I'd ask these open source, uh, how good is that? I don't know. It's not Adobe Premiere or, uh, well, you know, when you premiere, you, you know what I mean? It's not, I don't know. It's not a garage band. It's not this. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know how good this podcast has sounded over the years. Um, I mean, sometimes, you know, I'm working remotely or whatever, or I'm using different microphones, but the bulk of Sovereign Tech's recording history with the high end audio that I have constantly gotten compliments on, uh, was all done in audacity. I have never used any other software. Every audio trick that I pull, all of it is done in audacity, every stitch. So, I mean, and even go back to, you know, episode uh, 99 or episode one night or, you know, episode 199 or episode two, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, go to like the Soviet techs, all those like fictional shows that I did all of that mixed and done in audacity, all of it. So don't worry, <laughs> you know, you've got all the software that you need 
in both using audacity for podcasting. And of course, LibreOffice is, you know, I don't even need to talk about that. I mean, it, it speaks for itself as far as how to use audacity. I mean, using LibreOffice is it also speaks for itself. It's a no brainer. It's word processor. Um, using audacity, there are tremendous courses on that. Um, you know, I, I would have to do a multi pod. I mean, I don't even know how exactly you talk about it over audio and audacity does get regularly updated to sometimes to where there are dramatic, uh, UI changes. So, you know, I don't really see the point in, in doing that. Um, but there is, there are plenty of resources online from the professional to the amateur, uh, that can really show you how to get everything you need out of audacity. But I assure you, if you open it up and it looks intimidating, ultimately it is not. So you have everything you need right there in tails to be able to, you know, again, write up a blog post or, um, you know, or, or just record a podcast. Uh, you, I mean, can you use a laptop microphone? Yeah, sure. But your sound quality, if you're concerned about that, obviously is not going to be the best. Um, so, and again, you may want to go with, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, like the H one N that's still a fairly expensive microphone. Uh, that'll run you about a hundred bucks, but that is a, a dynamite little piece of kit that you can take everywhere. If you do interviews or, well, I mean, it'd be tough to stay anonymous and do interviews, but if you were wanting to, I don't know, record anywhere, anytime, I mean, that is my go-to microphone and the sound is really, really good, especially compared in many ways, you know, blue Yetis and a lot of podcasting standard microphones, unless you get into like the $400 range, they really only sound good because of software trickery. There's no software trickery with, with an H one. Okay. With an H one N. And I think it sounds better than most microphones that really have all that fancy, you know, software trickery. You got to be a little bit, uh, uh, better with your, your mic handling, right? Because it's not on some nice stand or whatever. And, you know, you could very easily hear like moving sounds or your thumb tapping the microphone or something like that. But you really could, uh, get great, great quality audio. And then you can still do some, you know, post, uh, uh, some post effects and post processing in audacity. That's going to give you a much richer sound. But again, all I'll leave all the audacity tricks. That's for other courses that people have done a far better job than I ever could, um, on showing you how to go about that. So, okay. So you're using tails, you've got your microphone, you've got your, you've got your little laptop. Okay. All of these things, when you are using them, you are a different person. You understand you have to have that mindset. All right. That you, and whatever it is, come up with a great anonymous name for yourself, uh, that you are, you will reference yourself as say on your podcast or on your blog, come up with a great anonymous name, make it something that doesn't really attach to you. Okay. Uh, that's pretty key, right? Like for example, um, I've often said, you know, when I've been, when I've recommended, when I've talked at conferences and I've said to people, yeah, start using tour, you know, and when you go on tour, pretend you're the green Ranger. Now, would it make sense for me, Brian sovereign to call myself the green Ranger on tour? No, because I'm actually pretty well known to be a power Rangers fan. So that wouldn't make any sense at all. Uh, I mean, I even, uh, recently, you know, well, there's whatever there's, there's power Rangers games and all this stuff. I mean, these are things that I've bought. And, you know, like with a credit card attached to my name, why would I, you know, use a name for something that is so attached to so many different aspects of my data. So that's a really key thing to understand is you want to set up the pseudonymous mindset 
for yourself, you know, whether it's blogging or, or podcasting. And whenever you're engaging that equipment that is, does that you purchased and set up to do this anonymous content creation, you, you just start referencing yourself in your own head with that pseudonym. Okay. That, that's just, it's a nice mental trick to get into. And you'll find that when you really, you know, when you really buy into the pseudonym and this, you know, this anonymous creation of yours, that that's another thing that's going to allow you to ultimately speak more freely uh, and maybe even get more creative because, you know, the more freedom of thought you have, the more creative you can be. So it's a very powerful thing. Okay. To, to you know, to have this anonymity slash pseudonymity. And to run with it and to just really, I mean, role play, baby, go ahead. That's a great thing to do. I do. I use role playing. It's not gamification. I use role playing um, and not LARPing. Uh, I don't know why people make fun of that so much online. Anyway, I use role playing in my own mind for a million things to get me into the proper mindset of what I'm doing. I do it when I go to the gym. I do it. I mean, there's just, there's plenty of places, you know, where, where I like to do that when I'm playing video games, like I totally get into, you know, the character that I'm playing and what I'm doing. Um, uh, it's just, it's a great way to connect with whatever you happen to be doing. So that's something, you know, to, to keep in mind there. And again, you, that's the part of the beauty of having a completely separate device. It's not just about the technical, right? The technical anonymity that comes along with Tor and other things. But the beauty of having completely separate equipment that only exists for this purpose of, of this, you know, uh, censorship resistant content creation. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's going to boost your game in that, you know, a thousand fold, just those things alone. So let's move on from that. And we need to keep going with the, you know, keeping uh, anonymous here. So the key thing to have now, Twitter and Telegram, having those accounts are important for getting the information out there, okay, as in marketing it, more or less, even if you don't really want to market it, right, because you're not into that, just make, getting it known, okay, that's all we mean when we say marketing, not like selling people something, but getting your content known and out there if you consider it that important to have it out there. That's where Twitter and Telegram come in. As far as hosting the content, now with the blog, I mentioned, I, I, I don't think I got into this with the blog. You have a very easy option that you don't have to go into a full website. We're going to talk about how to set up a full website here because that's the best or kind of the best way, especially for a podcast to do this. But with a blog, you can use, we, we talked, we just mentioned telegram again. You can use what's called telegraph link is in the show notes and it's T E L E G R a dot P H telegraph. It's run by telegram. This is not encrypted on anybody's servers or anything like that, but that's not what it's meant for. It is meant to be an anonymous blog post platform. You go to telegraph. It's going to generate automatically a unique URL for something you're going to type out, or you're just going to copy and paste into there, right from LibreOffice running on your tails computer. And you can get to telegraph through the Tor browser. No problem. Everything I'm going to describe is easily accessible through the Tor browser. Okay. And it's all SSL, you know, protected. It's all HTTPS, right? That's important. Okay. Because you know, you visiting HTTP sites via Tor is there are dangers inherent in doing that. So you don't really, you, you, 
you want to avoid that as much as possible. And I mean, the Tor browser runs like HTTPS everywhere to try and force you to constantly be using HTTPS, uh, you know, SSL uh, certified sites. And you're going to make your own that as well, <laughs> just for good measure, for protecting yourself as well as your listeners or, you know, your prospective consumers. But you really want to, and a lot of people don't realize this when they're, you know, when they're on tour. Yeah, you want to stay away from HTTP websites. Okay. But everything I'm going to describe is going to be, you know, that won't really be an issue. Telegraph is one of those things. I mean, and it's bare bones. Okay. But it is set up. Pavel Durov set it up to be an anonymous blogging platform. And it works very well for that. Do you, is there the chance that, you know, all of the uh, uh, sites that telegraph, you know, all these unique URLs that telegraph has generated could disappear and be deleted one day. Sure. That's entirely possible, but then you can save all of it in the, you know, all of your posts, if you want to save them for posterity in your persistent storage on, you know, your tails flash drive, your tails operated flash drive. So you you don't really have to lose anything, but, um, you could ultimately lose something this way. Now you could say, well, but you know, what if years down the line, somebody puts it all together and then they delete it all. Well, the same is going to be true if you have your own website, right? you you'll get shut down that way as well. So telegraph for blogging, I think is a great option, not an option for podcasting, but for blogging. Absolutely. Now for blogging and podcasting, something you can set up is of course your own website to host it all. Um, there are free options. Um, I don't know that this would still work because basically you're going to set up a WordPress based website. You're not going to go to wordpress.com. There was a time where you could go to wordpress.com, set up a blog on there and you could install the plugin that's called blueberry and it's B L U B R R Y. So it's not spelled just like the fruit, but blueberry. And you can actually go to blueberry.com to check it out. Uh, link is in the show notes as well for that. But you used to be able to just install that and you could basically host a podcast for free. Um, they have changed their pricing structure and plans a few times over the years. So I'm not 100% certain that, that that is going to still work, nor would I rely upon it. Okay. If you are building a, you know, censorship resistance little media empire, I would not rely upon the free service of, you know, of WordPress.com. Okay. As solid as a service as it is, I'm not insulting it in any way. I'm just saying that you would, you wouldn't want to go that route. So what you're going to want to do is, is my favorite, uh, web host, uh, which is, uh, Namecheap. You are going to go to Namecheap and with Namecheap, you are going to put in a bunch of, you know, bullshit information, a bunch of pseudonymous information. All right. And you're going to do this in tails. You understand? Uh, I mean, and, and we could get into, you know, do you want to go far away to set all of this stuff up? M maybe like you don't want to do it from your home network, you know, even though you're going through tails, maybe to be safe, especially during initial setup, you want to be, I don't know if you live in Cleveland, you want to be in Chicago or something. I, you, you know, I mean, that, that's, that, that's certainly something to consider. Um, especially when we talk about setting up a Twitter account, that's something you're really going to want to do, but so maybe you'll do these things all at the same time. That's something to consider, but let's keep running with how to set it up on Namecheap. So Namecheap is going to give you some really, really solid options as far as setting up a very, uh, like they even have the, was it like the easy SSL website, uh, a service that, that you can set up, which is really inexpensive. It's like $4 a month. I mean, it costs practically nothing, but it gives you a very basic WordPress website that you can very easily put the plugin 
of Blueberry into, or it's EZWP, not EZSSL, EZWP is what it's called. And you can set that right up there and Blueberry to understand what that is. Okay. So I, I'm going to kind of assume that you know what WordPress is, but you're going to set that up through Namecheap. Blueberry is a plugin for, uh, for WordPress that allows you to host podcasts and it will help you generate the RSS feed, which is the most important aspect of this. Okay. Now the key here is that Namecheap and the reason I'm recommending that, and they're not the only one, but I'm recommending them because I've used them and you know, their customer service is on point. At least they have been for me. They accept cryptocurrency. They accept Bitcoin. Uh, I mean, they, so you can purchase these plans, you know, anonymously and pseudonymously. So you don't, because right, because anytime you register a website, you're supposed to put in all this real information where you live, blah, blah, blah. And they want to verify it. And, you know, and, and all of this crap, um, you, you know, because you can pay for this with Bitcoin, uh, that eliminates a lot of that issue. They're going to want to verify things through a email address. We'll talk about what kind of email address to set up. Okay. We're going to get into that, but they're going to want to verify it through an email address. You do that, but basically you can give them a bunch of bullshit information. And there are people who do this, you know, seven ways. Well, I know it's only six, but seven ways a Sunday, every, you know, every week. I mean, just all the time people are doing this, setting up anonymous websites. So, and, and there are other options for setting up anonymous websites, but if it's something that you're looking to have uh, as a sustained option for censorship resistant content, I'm recommending setting up your own, your own website through Namecheap, um, you know, making that happen and you use Bitcoin, you understand that's it. Like that, that's, that's the end of the story. You use Bitcoin to do it, you know, or you use cryptocurrency to do it in any of this. That's also how you're going to get funded. All right. If you uh, want to accept donations, it's going to be all through crypto. You can say that that's a pain in the ass, but you're going to you just deal with it. And I'm concentrating a lot on Bitcoin, partly because, uh, tails has, the Electrum wallet for Bitcoin built into it. You can add other wallets, but it's already there. You're not worrying about installing extra crap. Um, and so you have, again, Tails has everything you need already installed. We are so fortunate to have this tremendous resource available to us. Um, so you're going to have your Bitcoin address right there where you can do the purchasing. Um, if you want to have, obviously you set up different addresses, uh, for, you know, for donations, um, that's just a good idea, but you go right through Electrum wallet and Electrum is as solid a wallet as exists in the world today, uh, for Bitcoin. Now using Blueberry. Okay. Now you can use WordPress to very easily make your blog posts as well. Um, and it's obviously very powerful for that. It's basically what it started out as, um, but using Blueberry, uh, there are great tutorials out there for that, um, of varying degrees of, uh, you know, how technical and, and how deep they go into the features. I mean, it is a very, very feature rich plugin. Um, I hate even just calling it a plugin because it's so much more. Uh, now an important thing to understand is that while, you know, Blueberry is effectively free, granted, you're going to be paying for your website, right? Um, there are some limitations on the speed, you know, of podcast downloading and things like this. Uh, you know, there's no real limitation on how many podcasts you can upload to, you know, using Blueberry in conjunction with WordPress, but you are going to run into, you know, certain speed issues depending on it, but it, it's really not an issue because again, you know, where a lot of people pay to podcast hosts where they pay really premium, uh, or pay for really premium plans and prices, 
a lot of times they're doing that because of not because of audio content, but because of video content. Okay. And hosting videos, um, as far as like somehow doing, you know, uh, anonymous or, you know, censorship resistant content creation of videos, you know, I mean, there are podcast hosts out there that, that offer that sort of thing that, you know, take you out from underneath YouTube, uh, but it is not a cheap proposition. So anyway, we don't need to get into that here, but that's the bottom line is you're going to have a WordPress site. Okay. That you're paying for with Bitcoin via Namecheap, And you're going to have the, the blueberry plugin put in. Now, one of the beauties of the blueberry plugin is that you ultimately keep control of your RSS feed. Now your RSS feed is what gets plugged into, you know, say iTunes, what gets plugged into, you know, what people will use to find your podcast in their favorite podcast app. Blueberry allows you to effectively control and export your, your RSS feed. That is a powerful option just in case your website happens to get shut down. Okay. Uh, I think part of the reason that Google, you know, Google, there, there used to be very easy ways to make RSS feeds and that would allow you to do, I mean, and there, you can still do this where you can set up a completely independent server. Okay. For an RSS feed. I'm not saying you need to do that. All right. Um, that's an option, but you'd have to do it. You'd want to run it remotely. And you know, the challenges of making sure that's not attributed to you in any way is just that they'd be tremendous challenges. Okay. Um, but I, one of the reasons I think, so Google ended up buying FeedBurner, which used to be the best way to make an independent, uh, RSS feed that you controlled and like you could have, you could host your podcast on SoundCloud, but then the RSS feed that you'd put out to everybody, you would run through FeedBurner because you could just switch up what feeds run through FeedBurner, right? And that way you had control of your own RSS feed. And if you ever had to change services, uh, it would be very easy for you to just plug in the new feed into the feed that you made with FeedBurner. Google bought FeedBurner and then they shut it down. And part of the reason I think that they shut it down, just my opinion, is that that you, it's very difficult to control RSS feeds. It's like email where it's a federated technology that not federal federated and you just, it's just very difficult to control, uh, or to, you know, for a, a centralized party of some kind to shut down and control. That's the beauty of RSS feeds. So the fact that you have your own and one that you can export and control and reuse through Blueberry is a very powerful tool that, that that's really, really important to have. Now, when you're going through Namecheap, and they are, uh, and, and you're buying your, your plan. Okay. If you're going with easy WP, you don't really have this option, but if you're buying like a, a shared hosting plan, which is the most just other than easy WP, it's probably the least expensive option to, to go with. Okay. If you go with the shared hosting plan, they're going to give you options. Do you want a us server or a UK server? Now, years ago, when I used to run websites off of Namecheap, you know, like when ZomiOfflineGames.com, uh, Zomi which was a major website of mine, um, major hub for everything that I did. When I was running that, I ran it off of a UK server. Here's the thing. Now, the reason I did that is because my argument was, well, you know, if, if someone wants to come after my website or, you know, they, they would have a little bit of trouble having to, you know, collect the data and get everything from the UK, because even though I'm us based, right, that, that was my thinking really ever since the cloud act, 
uh, was signed into law. I think having servers outside of the U S other than like getting physical access to it, there's no advantage or, you know, not being able to get physical access to it right away. There's no real advantage anymore because with the cloud act, basically the U S can get data from anybody that agreed with the cloud act. And yes, you could set up a site somewhere where perhaps they don't agree with the cloud act, but you're not going to do that through Namecheap, And I don't know if you're going to be able to do that through any web host that, uh, that would also accept crypto, which is pretty key here. Cause again, you're trying to keep anonymous in setting this up. So you don't have to, I mean, and, and to have the UK server costs a few extra dollars. Um, again, I, I don't necessarily see the advantage to that anymore. There was a time where I did, but not, not really anymore. So you're going to set up that website. You're going to get your RSS feed. You're going to post all of your podcasts. Basically what'll happen is just like you would create a blog post with WordPress. Instead, you're going to create a podcast post using Blueberry through WordPress. And it's all right in the, you know, the WordPress editor. It's very, very slick. And that will, you know, and then you take that RSS feed, you can plug it into iTunes if you want. Remember, you're going to have to make an Apple account to do so. And that's up to some debate, you know, what, what the value of that is, or, you know, what you have to go through to create, um, you know, a, uh, an iTunes account, of course. And because, you know, usually there's a credit card involved, but anyway, uh, that, that can become an issue, but that really shouldn't be, that, that should not be a hurdle for you for a lot of reasons. Okay. Apple podcasts is so overblown in its importance. Most longtime iOS users don't use Apple podcasts anyway. They use pocket cast. So they use something else. So like having the, you know, having that available in iTunes, not the most important thing in the world. Okay. The only place that you're going to hurt is that it won't be in the Apple podcast app necessarily. So, you know, don't, don't sweat that. If you don't want to set it up in iTunes, that, that just makes all the sense in the world. Your RSS feed, you know, again, people will be able to copy and paste it, put it into their, you know, into their podcast app of choice. And so it doesn't really matter. You don't have to have that distributed in any special way. Um, do you want it to show up in Spotify? Sure. That's easy enough. Um, do you want it to show up in Amazon music that does podcasts now? Uh, that was more invite only. Like I had to get invited to, as far as I know, maybe they've opened it up more now, but for Amazon music's launch day, uh, they reached out to specific podcasts to be available. Sovereign tech happened to be one of those. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how that works. Pandora goes through a bit of a process as to whether or not you're allowed some of these streaming services. In fact, I think Pandora might be one does require you to have an iTunes feed. So with that in mind, <laughs> You know, there might be some limitations, but I really can't imagine that many people use Pandora for podcasts. I'm sure they're out there, but I can't imagine that many people do that. I mean, that's more of a play where they're trying to make a bridge between Pandora, which is owned by Sirius XM and, you know, between Pandora and Sirius XM, right? Between the, the little company and the parent company. So that's not you know, you're going to run into those limitations, but they are very scant. And I don't think it's going to be, you know, a major issue. I mean, understand that you're, even if you make the most amazing sounding podcast, you know, and you are wildly entertaining and all this, if you are speaking truth to power, if you are speaking things that would potentially get you 
uh, you know, taken down, censored, whatever online, you're not going to get the hundreds of thousands of listeners or the millions of listeners. I mean, it's just, it's just not possible. Okay. Um, I mean, like, look, look at the rock, you know, <laughs> he's been uh, boasting lately that he's like the most followed man in America, meaning that he has 200 million followers or however many followers on Instagram now, you know, and like he has more follows on, on social media than any other American in the world. Um, <sighs> He has that because ultimately he says nothing, right? I mean, he says some like inspirational stuff. Yeah, work harder, blah, blah, you know, and all this crap, right? But as far as like speaking truth to power, he does not. Fuck, he's out there, you know, promoting Joe Biden. (laughs) And and I mean, and I'm, I'm glad he's not promoting Trump, but at the same time, like he's still promoting the political machine that causes so many of these problems in the first place. So... You know, if you're really, really speaking uh, again, and I know I keep saying truth to power, but, you know, let's just call it if you're really speaking that truth to power. uh, Sorry, like you're just you're not going to you're just not going to amass that kind of audience. So don't feel like you're leaving anybody in a lurch. Right. The people you're going to want to speak to are going to know how to independently inject uh, your content into uh, their their own, you know, however they consume content. But then that raises the question of how do you get those people to know that you even exist? And I personally think the two primary ways to go about this is uh, a Twitter account and a uh, Telegram account. Now, setting up a Telegram account anonymously, not hard. It's going to require a tool, a shared tool with setting up a new Twitter account, which has become far more complex. Um, but setting either of these up again, not, not difficult at all. Um, well, all right. The Twitter thing might be a little more difficult, but telegram, not really difficult. The only thing you really need to set up telegram is a telephone number. Okay. Now you'll also need a telephone number to set up Twitter. And that's where Twitter has become more complex over the years. Uh, Twitter should not require a telephone account but it will eventually require one. I mean, even if you could set one up without giving them your telephone number in pretty short order due to varying reasons, and it's 10 times worse during an election year, when isn't it an election year? But anyway, um, they will uh, limit your account and basically force you to give them a telephone number and they will verify that telephone number. And a lot of So now Telegram also requires a telephone number, but they only use a a telephone number as a way for easy verification of, you know, what parties are communicating. It has nothing to do. You don't have to have a telephone number to, uh, you know, necessarily to, to verify. I mean, you could use it for two factor authentication. I don't recommend, and I know this is going to sound strange. All right. I do not recommend setting up you should really only have to use a telephone number. Okay. For, um, for setting up telegram and for setting up Twitter once it's all you should have to use it for. And then you're, and then you should be done. Okay. While in general on sovereign tech, I recommend setting up two factor authentication. Of course, I personally, I think SMS two factor authentication is next to worthless. Um, you, even if it were worthwhile, 
to do SMS based two factor authentication. I don't think in this, in this case, if you want to be anonymous, you don't want it. Okay. Because you don't want that text coming in, you know, to a phone number that you are using that, especially if it's, if we're setting it up with a dumb phone, um, that could potentially give away your location in any way. So with the telegram account, again, all he needs that phone number, it's going to verify once now, now here's okay. So here's the rub. There's two ways you can get a telephone number. And as it stands, really, there's ultimately only two. Okay. There are other, there are lots of apps out there that you can put on a smartphone. And if you can put it on a smartphone, there are ways to more anonymize, uh, you know, what, who that phone number is attached to. Ultimately, I don't think that that's the way to go, but there, there is a certain authentication, uh, system that, I mean, everybody from PayPal to Twitter to go down the list of just about anybody that uses SMS to somehow verify, uh, like they'll just send you that one code, not even using it as 2FA, just verifying that it's your phone number. There's an automated system that they use. And if you are using like say Skype or even I've used my pseudo for this, I've tried it and it doesn't work in my pseudo either. Um, it does not accept phone numbers or it does not accept text messages from this, uh, authentication system. Okay. So you can't use those. The options you've got, you can use hushed, which is an app. It's called hushed. You can use that. That works on Android or iOS, but again, you are attached to either that account, that Apple account, or you are attached to that Google account. You could set up a a bogus one, but you're going to have to pay for the hushed account with something that works with the Google play store. So I don't even really consider that an option. Bottom line, you really only have one option. Okay. I mean, I'm just putting out the hushed option out there in case you're maybe wanting to be a little less perhaps, uh, uh, privacy oriented or privacy centric in setting up, setting up your, your censorship resistant content. Um, so what I recommend is you do the old school way of buying a burner phone. Okay. I mean, just a cheap ass track phone. You're going to buy that track phone with cash. You're going to buy it far away. And I mean, a city far away. You are going to buy that. All right. And, and look, you, you got to understand what, what this entails. You're also, <laughs> you're going to make sure that wherever that far away is, you got a full tank of gas. You understand? Because if you're just, if you're going to this far away place and, you know, and you're going to set this up and you've got a, a trail of you buying donuts and water and everything else with your debit card or something on the way there, you're screwed. Right. Now, I mean, yes, you could get gas uh, with cash. And so, you know, go ahead and use cash, I suppose, in that sense. But you've got to, I mean, you might even want to go so far as to leave your fucking debit card at home so that you don't even accidentally use it when you're setting this up. So you're going to buy that burner phone. Now, when you, most of the services that you can go through, like track phone or whatever, the least amount of information that you can get away with giving them You can give them all kinds of bogus information, whatever. Okay. They're going to require a zip code. Obviously you don't have to give your real zip code, but I think at least last time I did this, that was the minimum amount of info. They will ask you, 
They may ask you for things like social security number, a whole bunch of other horseshit. You just say, no, I'm not, I'm not giving you that, but you stand firm and you keep going through the setup process. Okay. And oftentimes a lot of these are automated and you can get past it anyway by just, you know, constantly hitting star or zero or whatever the menu asks you for. And they'll have the one bit of information you have to put in. But again, you just bullshit it. You can put in the zip code for where you are. That just makes, you know, for where you are buying the burner phone. That just makes sense. Now, hopefully you've got your, your L203M laptop, right? Running tails. Okay. So you're setting up your Twitter account while you are in this faraway place where you bought the burner phone. You are setting up the Telegram account while you are at this faraway place. Anything that you else, the extraneous, that is going to require this phone number, I recommend that you do it all right there because you are not going to add any more minutes to this phone number, okay? You're not going to mess with this phone number really anymore. Um, If you do, it's going to be constant. You're going to be buying minutes for it in the same way that you bought the burner phone and you're going to do so, you know, from the distance. I mean, there are options where you can buy minutes for some of these things actually uh, via Tor using cryptocurrency and so on. And so there are options there if you want to do that. Um, but I would recommend not using that phone when you are at home at all. Always use it when you are somewhere else, that burner phone. Okay. Even if you keep the phone number. So you got to keep that in mind, okay? Because you, you're not going to run a VPN on the burner phone. The burner phone's not going to, it's it's a dumb phone. It's not a smartphone. It's not going to connect to, um, you know, it's, it's not going to connect to a VPN in any way. It's not going to, you know, connect through Tor or any of that horse shit. It's just, none of that is going to happen. All right. Um, and again, there are other phone number generating services where you can receive SMS texts, but a lot of those the, the authentication query text that gets sent by many online companies will not work with those services. It's very touch and go. So don't rely on those um, at all. Again, the Twitter account at some point, even if it's a few days later, is going to require you to give them a phone number. Okay. And they are going to verify that phone number. You've got to keep that in mind. So you might as well have it ready and get it plugged in while you're there. Okay you know, while you're far away from home. Now, as far as like posting this content online, can you do that from home? I mean, yeah, you, you know, you can, if you want, um, on, on your tails computer, uh, it would be best if you're doing any of that action far away and the whole time that you're, you know, or at least, you know, some reasonable distance away from home, uh, everything you're doing, you know, if you're going to a McDonald's perhaps to, to post it from their Wi-Fi. Uh, you're going to buy everything in the McDonald's with cash. Okay. You're going to get used to using cash. This is to keep anonymous when you're doing this. All right. If you know, when you're, when you're posting this content, if you want to go that distance and I don't blame you if you do now, once you have this telegram account, once you have, um, this Twitter account, both of those, you are going to access and only access through the Tor browser on Yon Tails OS on your Tails, uh, you know, running laptop. Okay. You're going to use Telegram through the web client. Remember, you don't want to set up 2FA on any of these things, you know, unless again, you're going through the process of anonymously from a distance, adding minutes to this dumb phone, to this burner phone of yours. All right. 
to where you can constantly get the login info. But again, I two factor authentication. I mean, look, if nobody knows it's like really you, you're not, there's not much to worry about anyway. And even then, if Twitter really wants to still take down your account for whatever reason, and there might be a time where they do feel it. I mean, maybe you do reach that level of popularity, even though you're being anonymous. Um, they All the two-factor authentication in the world didn't keep Bill Gates, Bezos, Musk, whoever else from getting uh, their accounts taken over uh, by a third party, you know, by, by a malicious third party. Well, <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. That's kind of subjective whether or not they were malicious, but by a malicious third party, if you remember in recent months with that giant Twitter hack that occurred. Okay. So, uh, you know, don't the, the two factor authentication, not a big deal. Um, your telegram account. Again, you are ultimately, you're going to engage in groups. Like the purpose of having telegram you could have telegrams so that way you could interact perhaps with listeners and make like a telegram group, kind of like sovereign tech has, I suppose. Um, but I would ultimately suggest against having that level of communication, um, with listeners. And, and I mean, also you have the issue of, you know, telegrams encryption is oftentimes questioned, right? And so there's, you gotta have, you gotta ask yourself what your threshold is as far as that goes. Um, so you may not want to rely on telegram as a, you know, real form of communication or interaction. It is basically there so that you can be in groups, say Bitcoin groups or wherever, you know, groups that, that, um, you know, make sense within your ideological sphere of influence, uh, for you to be in. And there you can promote your content and share your content. And those exist and they're great. There's some really great groups out there for that sort of thing. Um, so Twitter and Twitter is the same deal where yes, you could tweet yourself. You could tweet your stuff out, but if nobody knows you exist, you're not going to have any real followers. Right? So what you're going to use Twitter to do is say, you know, there are a lot, there are actually a lot of Twitter accounts that are all about promoting podcasts. You are going to interact with those Twitter accounts, whoever they happen to be, you are perhaps going to share your blog posts or you are going to share your podcast, um, in conversations being done by, you know, people that are Twitter famous, uh, you know, and, and, and like, and, and just make a comment with, you know, sharing your, your podcast or something like that. That's how you're going to market it. Okay. Um, now, unfortunately, Twitter allows a, the, the original poster of, you know, of a tweet to control what tweets can be uh, engaged with and seen. So somebody might delete your, your, make your tweet invisible. Right. And if, you know, so that, that's kind of an issue, but Twitter is still a great option because it does let you get engaged with uh, global conversations and get your content out there. Okay. So it's totally a marketing play. And I think largely telegram is really the same thing. All right. Now, so those are ways of marketing, but then how do you really communicate? Well, you can use Twitter for DMS. That's not a bad idea. Uh, but if you want to communicate and something you're going to need to set up a lot of these accounts is what obviously an email address. Now you can use, uh, you know, tails has Thunderbird built into it. It has all the options available to set up PGP encrypted emails, which is great um, for the everyday person and to have as a throwaway. 
I would actually recommend using ProtonMail, setting up a free ProtonMail account. You don't have to spend a dime. There are limitations to what you can do with a free ProtonMail. Uh, with a free ProtonMail account, you can send 50 messages in an hour and 150 messages a day. You have a storage limit of 500 megabytes. Um, I, I don't think that's an issue. Like even as popular as sovereign tech is the amount of emails that I handle for sovereign tech would easily fall within these. I mean, easily fall within these limits. And I get a lot of emails, but you know, even with a free account on proton mail, it's not a problem. Okay. Uh, and as far as like the storage goes, Oh, only 500 meg. I mean, when's the last time you even bothered to count how much, uh, st- you know, how much data, uh, that <laughs> storage or effectively that, uh, that email was taking right ever since Gmail became a thing. Um, you know, if there's important emails, just copy and paste them into a word doc, you know, into a Libra, a Libra office doc, like that, that, that's, that's all you got to do. You don't have to actually save the emails. Uh, in fact, that might not be a bad idea in the first place is to not store the emails and delete them regularly. Uh, that way that information isn't off on some other server, right? So setting up a proton and proton mail has a uh, onion address. It has a tour address that you can access it through. So that's why I really feel like that's about the best route to go, um, to have some form of communication where people can email you, but it's also all being routed through tour. And also it's something that you have that say, if something did happen, to your flash drive that's running tour and has so much of your stuff stored on it. Uh, I mean, obviously you may want to make backups. Okay. Of your, you know, of your, your docs. Right. But that gives you something to, you know, to fall back on in case that ever happens in case you do ever, you know, have some kind of, uh, you know, data loss or something catastrophic occurs. So that, that, that's the route I would go with, with, with that. Um, if you want to set up something a little more traditional PGP, uh, you could look into getting a riseup.net account. Okay. There's a little bit of a process that goes into that, but I think for most people, proton mail, maybe even two to Noda, but proton mail will probably do what you need it to do and promoting more people, perhaps to use proton mail to allow for a lot of that, you know, a lot more of that encrypted, uh, message sending, I think is a fine and dandy thing, you know, to, to get set up or, or to promote and get people on board with. And something to understand proton mail is well aware that it gets used by activists and there's a reason they're offering free accounts. Okay. And I would argue it's for the right reasons. Um, I mean, I've, I've had concerns here and there with proton mail in the past, but I think it's really your best option. And if you're doing everything else that I've talked about to where you're keeping yourself as anonymous as possible, um, you know, even if something did happen with proton mail, you should be safe because nothing, even in your email address should identify you as you. Right. So I think you're okay. You know, as far as that goes with, with, with proton mail, even if, you know, something catastrophic happened with that, as long as you are accessing it through Tor, separate machine, you're, you're acting pseudonymously, you know, you're not attaching yourself to it at all. That's the whole key here. You should be all right. All right. Um, so beyond that, 
again, you can offer that proton mail address, you know, as a way to contact you it can be in your show notes, you know, that you, when you post on your website on blueberry, it'll be in the show notes for people to get in touch with you and everything. Um, I, again, I, I really, I think that that's a great option. Um, as far as like how to make a great podcast, that's not what this is here for. <laughs> I have in, in, if you go in the sovereign tech feed, I have done entire shows on how to make a podcast, uh, you know, and, and, you know, tips and tricks and a lot of that other stuff. So that's out there to find. Of course, there's also a lot of other content out there, um, on how to make a great podcast, how to make it engaging, you know, and, and all of this, uh, if you want to hide your voice, um, there are very, very, very easy ways to do that, um, within audacity itself. If you are in any way concerned about that, if you are actually wanting to hide your voice and there's actually an advantage. So there's some people, in fact, frankly, I think this is the only reason that everybody doesn't use, uh, or not everybody uses audacity. If you're on Mac, I understand why people use GarageBand. It's great software. I'm not knocking it. I've always said that. Um, but why everybody, you know, why they might use something from Adobe or whatever. Um, I think one of the big reasons, and, and there's, there's other software out there as well. I think one of the big reasons that there are people who don't use audacity is because audacity is what they call destructive. Meaning that, um, once you have saved something that you've recorded in audacity after you've done, you've saved it after you've done all the post-processing, right? You've, you know, added in, I don't know, garbles, you've, or, you know, you made something a little more base, a little more treble, whatever, you know, all these different things that you've done. As soon as you've clicked save and the cache is closed on that sound file that you're, that, that you're recording, you can't go back. Okay. It's destructive, right? Like you, you as soon as the cache is emptied, you're done. It, it like any, any chain, anything that you originally recorded that you had changed or whatever, you're, you just are not going to get it back. There are a lot of, uh, 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 podcasters and, you know, audio engineers who hate that about audacity. In this case, I think it's an advantage because it makes it that much more difficult for, uh, you know, for, for you, for your, basically for what you recorded and exported out of audacity, the output, you know, whatever type of file that you make it as, uh, you know, MP3 or whatever the export, you know, would be very, very tough to, uh, try and analyze to get to like, say that the true sound of your voice. I mean, ultimately, if you're doing that sort of thing, you actually want to use some kind of solution, some kind of voice solution that, isn't in the software that's, that's done, you know, more with your voice, uh, before it gets to the software level. So, but, but keep, you know, that, that's something to keep in mind, but I mean, you're really going, you know, really big distance with that, you know, if you're thinking in that direction, but again, you know, if you don't want people to recognize your voice, well, and recognize who you are, if your voice is something that is, well, you know, I mean, your voice can be a fingerprint to who you are. So you're going to want to make changes. If you can make them outside of the software, great. If not, you can make them in the software and there's some advantage, uh, with audacity being a destructive or, you know, with what, with AUPs, you know, basically the way audacity saves your files with that being an ultimately destructive process. That's in this case, that's actually a very good thing real quick. I will say this with audacity when exporting, 
Um, you, it's okay to go with a somewhat lower bit rate. Like for example, with MP3, you can go down to a 96 K bit rate. Um, also, I mean, you know, the somewhat lower quality of the sound. I mean, look, the quality of people being able to understand you happens in the microphone. It's not so much an issue of what is the fidelity of the audio file exported. Okay. Um, I used to record at like a, uh, a 128 or no, it was like a 192 variable bit rate. And eventually variable bit rate was becoming an issue with certain podcast apps. So I switched to constant bit rate, CBR instead of VBR constant bit rate. And I set it to 96 K nobody noticed the difference, you know, because again, the equipment that I use is of, you know, of a caliber that the clarity of, of the sound and everything, you know, still comes out just fine. So doing like 96 K, uh, I, I think you're, you're okay with that. That allows for a fairly small file. You could go smaller if you wanted. Um, and granted, you know, the more somewhat garbled, shall we say, or the lower the bit rate of the audio, um, also makes it a greater challenge to, uh, to analyze if you're worried about people analyzing the audio to try and de-anonymize who you are, um, that, you know, that, that can be an advantage as well. So maybe you want to do 64 K MP3s, or maybe you want to do 16, 16 K, you know, because it is so low. And I mean, but that 16 K sounds a little rough, little rough. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that low, but 64 to 96. Yeah. I think that's, that's all right. Um, so anyway, I, I think that covers, if you have questions, I'm happy to do a follow-up Q and a around this. Okay. And you know, the email address questions at sovereigntech.com If you want to ask me how to go about it. All right. And, you know, I, I can, I can go into uh, deeper levels as far as I don't know any specifics that you want to know, or if there's like a particular challenge you feel like you have, we can get into that. Um, like any security information tomorrow, all of this could be, you know, all of this could be meaningless and nonsense, but a lot of these tips and tricks have been used for decades and we know fairly effectively so I think you can feel pretty confident in it. Okay. Um, always remember that if you are say, particularly the target, I mean, it's one thing to be a target of, you know, the, the, the mob on Twitter who are oh cancel them, cancel them, you know, or whatever. Uh, you know, that's not, that, that might not be the biggest concern, right? It's one thing to be worried about that. If you're worried about like, say the NSA or the government or whatever, you know, when, when the NSA wants to find somebody, they find them. That, I mean, that, that's, you know, when you are targeted by a nation state and all of those nation state resources, um, you know, I, I don't even want to say good luck. Like, it's, and, and I've, I've told you that for a very long time, but this certainly goes a long way, uh, to keeping attention from getting drawn on you. And for at just about every other level, it puts you in pretty good shape. You know, it puts you in a position where you are censorship resistant, where Google's not going to realize who you are, where Twitter's not going to know who you are, where whoever ends up, you know, wanting to shut it down are not going to know who you are. And, you know, it might thwart some people at what we call level three. You know, it, it, it might, it might actually work on that, but I'm not going to make any guarantees as far as that goes. But this is what you can do. Uh, this is something that experts have done. I know they have done. Um, 
notice, I want to make this really clear. Notice a smartphone did not come up in this conversation at all, other than to stay away from them. And that's it. There is no place for a smartphone in anonymous uh, distribution and communications. There is no place for a smartphone in anonymous, I mean, anything with a SIM card, okay? You know, we could talk about dark Android tablets and other stuff. That's a different situation. But there's no place for something with a SIM card, with a microphone ready to listen to you at any given moment, with, with an OS that you that is not 100% open source, that you, and that includes Android, okay? That's not 100% open source. Um, you know, the, the Google Play Store is a fucking rootkit, right? You got to understand, a smartphone has no place in this strategy. None. Get it out of your head, okay? The L203M from Asus, that laptop, is, I mean, so tiny. You know, it's a little 11-inch jobber, basically a netbook. That's about as small. I mean, there's tablets. There's iPads bigger than this thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's small enough. If you can't do it with that, don't do it. All right? And I, you don't have to get the 203, but you get you get the, the gist of the kind of computer that you're going to want to use for this. All right? So that's, that's really it that if how to make a, you know, do some dark content. Um, I mean, you, you know, we could talk about setting up like a tour site and all this other, you know, and, and these kinds of things, but you're, you're not going to reach perhaps the people that need to hear your message. I think if you are sticking solely to the dark web, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that is severely curtailing anybody being able to hear your message. Okay. Um, and you know, you want the goal you want is for listeners to ultimately want to share your content. And, you know, and, and this is, this is something that you, you've got to, you've got to grasp. Okay. And I deal with this all the time because sovereign tech is so it's not unfair to call me anti-social media, right? Love telegram. You know, I mean, like I, I love getting to communicate with people over long distances and all this, even in text, that does not equate to social media, but regardless, okay. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of where, where a show, like I have some idea of how many listeners I happen to have. And Blueberry gives you metrics, by the way, you'll, you'll be able to, to collect some degree of metrics with the free plan. They give you more metrics when you start to like pay for different tiers on Blueberry. But anyway, you'll, you'll be able to collect some very basic metrics. So you'll have an idea of at the very least, are people listening? Am I above the average, right? Am I getting more than hundred? You're going to know. What's going on there? Um, you might even get some idea eventually on, you know, via some Twitter statistics, you might have some idea or even perhaps play numbers and some other platform. And I know, you know, I didn't talk about Mastodon. That's certainly an option as well. That's a Twitter alternative. I think that's worthwhile looking at. I should mention that here. Um, but, you know, again, that's, that's part of that more limiting, like where, okay, yeah, you're going to hit an audience, but it's an audience that's very tech savvy. And, you know, it depends on what your message is. If you're trying to reach, you know, the, the everyday person, um, you know, Mastodon is not the way to go. Uh, but certainly that, that can be one way where you could really build up a following because you don't need much to make it. You don't need the phone number. You don't need all, all that crap, you know, to make a Mastodon account. So that, that's a very real, that's, that's viable. Okay. Just put that out there. But because my show is so against the status quo, ironically, even though my show by the numbers is bigger than 
so many podcasts. And I'm not saying that to boast. I'm just saying. If you looked for a lot of online metrics, like if you go to look to, oh, let's go look at iTunes, right? Let's go, let's go, let's go look at iTunes and see, oh, what is his, what his reviews look like and all this. You're talking to the guy who's like saying, get off of iTunes. iTunes shitty is, is shitty software. Uh, you know, I rip on Apple all the time. You know, like <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, peer to peer, you know, I'm talking about the future here. And iTunes is not a part of that, right? So why would I promote its use? And so because of that, Sovereign Tech may not look like, you know, the hottest thing running based upon the popular metrics that people use. That will be true for you as well. All right. But don't, you know, trust me, people are, if, if what you're putting out there is changing people's lives, it's reaching, you know, it's, it was uh, uh, changing hearts and minds, right? That's what people like to say. If it's getting out there, if it's doing what you want it to do, you are going to find out. People are going to tell you. All right. And as far as the importance of doing this, I've brought this up. I, I've, I've, I've spoken uh, at conferences about this. I've mentioned it um, because a lot, you know, I mean, and I've had, I've been on like podcast panels, right? Like how to make a podcast and all this stuff. And I remember actually specifically getting asked by somebody who, uh, a man that I just love. He was the, he was the, 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 um, the moderator for the panel. And he asked all of us, you know, why do you keep doing this? You know, even, and I don't remember if he put it this way, but basically, even if like, you know, you don't necessarily get the rewards or, you know, might not, you might not make money off of it, or it might even be dangerous, you know, for you to say these things online or, you know, whatever, whatever that takes shape as. Um, and my response was a number. And I said, 17. And I said, 17 emails at that time, that, that number's increased. But at the time I said, 17 emails that I've gotten from service people, okay, in militaries around the world who said they uh, have actively either begun or, you know, they at that time left the military and they were inspired by Sovereign Tech uh, to do so. I take, again, I take no credit for that. The courage is in them. And I know what that courage is all about as a veteran myself, the courage is in them to walk away from that. And if you can reach, you know, I, I, I always hate it when people say, Oh, if, if we could just save one life, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you know, when it comes to saving lives, you know, or, or, you know, when it comes to changing lives, when it comes to inspiring others and all that, no, the numbers game doesn't really matter. One or a billion, it's all the same. But I think you'll find as complex as uh, as much of a pain in the ass, perhaps, as all of this is, if you have something important to get out there, something to enrich and perhaps even improve what is the human condition and the human experience, when you get those emails or those people maybe even tweeting at you or DMing you or however that works, that says, hey, I listened to your stuff and it, you know, it, it improved me immeasurably or it inspired me to do X, Y, Z, whatever that is. Yeah, it's all worth it. And you don't care if you have a hundred listeners or 20,000 or a hundred thousand, it doesn't matter because when you, when you hear people speaking from the heart to you like that, 
It makes everything worth it. It's worth going through all the trouble every time. And you'll never want to quit because you just, it's such an amazing feeling to know that, I mean, you touch them, but then at the same time, they touched you in letting you know. And that, that connection is the most powerful thing. And as we are a social species, in many ways, it's much of what life's about. So again, I, I know all of this sounds like, wow, this is really extreme. But if you have an extreme message, and I don't mean extremist as in violent, I mean extreme as in anti-status quo, really improving people's lives, uh, really getting some truth out there and so on, uh, I assure you it's worth it. It's worth going through this trouble. It's worth going through this process as inconvenient as you may find it. So that's, that's the way to, and again, because, you know, yes, it's true. The truth is getting shut down. There's a reason I don't concentrate on Patreon anymore because I mean, they couldn't even handle people pouring maple syrup on themselves while they're wearing a full bathing suit. Patreon could not handle that. And I talked about that. That was, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And I mean, I, and look, as I've said many times, I was doing really, really well on Patreon. Um, and and I, and I just walked away because I mean, it was just the way that they're treating content creators on there. And I'm not even getting into conservatives none of that crap, nothing like that. Just, you know, people who, who I don't think were saying anything spicy at all, you know, or any, you know, they didn't have any crazy hot takes. It, it blew my mind. So people are getting shut down. Uh, and again, like, like with YouTube, um, I mean, so look, like with Patreon, Patreon does make money off of the content that you put out there. All right. <laughs> like <laughs> if they want to shut you down in some ways they do owe you. I, I do have a, a, a problem with that. Um, with YouTube. No, nah, not really. <laughs> with you. Just don't, don't, don't bank on that. Bank on what I've talked with you in this episode. But speaking of bank, you're not going to attach a bank account to this, right? And I don't think I got into this. Uh, I think I touched on it briefly. Yes. Have that Bitcoin address at the ready, okay? Um, and let people, I mean, you know, by basically by, if people want to support you, if they're not, you you know, you're the only way that that can be done anonymously really is through the use of cryptocurrency. Inspire people to use cryptocurrency by, if they want to show you appreciation, they are going to have to go that route. And I think that that's only a good thing. Get them into using encryption to communicate with you. Get them into using, you know, uh, uh, cryptocurrencies to to help fund and support and show appreciation for your work. Uh, inspire people in those ways as well, just like we were talking about. Okay, if you want to go this route, um, you know, if you have different thresholds on how all of this is going to take shape, you know what those are, right? If you just have to have it on YouTube. Um, there are minor tweaks that you can do to everything I said to where you can get on YouTube, but don't, don't pretend you're going to have any real anonymity, uh, you know, by being on YouTube. And I mean, all it takes is for you to piss off, you know, the one wrong person and it's not, and we're not even talking about governments, the one wrong person. And it's just going, you know, I mean, they're going to dox you in no time and you want to be resistant to that. Okay. And so there are platforms you want to avoid in doing so. 
but stick with what was laid out here. And again, I think you're going to do all right uh, in, in having real censorship resistant content distribution and creation. Um, and there are opportunities to connect with people through this as well. But again, always think with that pseudonymous character that you've created in mind when doing so. So, all right, that's it. I've been talking way too long about this, but I think that it was important to get a lot of this out there to talk about the mindset, talk about the technologies to use, talk about the, the, the unconscious things that you might not even consider, uh, you know, when you are trying to set up a lot of these platforms anonymously. Um, but there, there they are. As far as like how to get cryptocurrencies, that's another thing, folks like, you know, Bitcoin to buy your website and all that. There are much better resources out there than what I could lay out for you. So check those out. Uh, you know, go, go ahead and rock that. Um, that's it for this course, this crash course in anonymous content creation and distribution uh, and censorship resistant, privacy centric uh, uh, content distribution, again, and creation. Um, I really appreciate the listener sharing this idea with me because, you know, again, I mean, this speaks to kind of this whole anonymity thing or even like speaking out against technologies that I think are ultimately a net negative against, uh, against people. Um, you know, I, I don't always know what you want as sovereign tech listeners, right? I don't know what you're always interested in hearing. And so when you tell me things like this come into fruition, how about it? And of course there's plenty of ways to reach out to the show because sovereign tech isn't exactly anonymous. I mean, I'm to the point that, you know, that, that wouldn't exactly be viable. That doesn't mean that I go and jump on to like, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on the, you know, this platform or that I, you know, I stick to my principles. Okay. But, um, regardless, I hope someone out there, uh, and you know, if you want anonymously, you know, behind your pseudonym mention that, that maybe you were inspired or you figured out how to do this via sovereign tech. Uh, I would love to hear that at some point in the future. You don't have to do that if you don't want to out yourself as a sovereign tech listener, but there's a lot of you. <laughs> there are, I mean, there are the thousands and thousands of you. So, you know, it's somewhat of a larger pool that you can find yourself within. Uh, and, and is sovereign tech's available on so many platforms like radio platforms, even uh, pirate radio online, uh, online networks that, you know, I mean, I can't even really keep track of how many sovereign tech might have a lot more listeners than I know of who are taking advantage of a lot of these online networks and that take advantage of the radio stations that I appear on, not just pirate radio stations either. So even as a sovereign tech listener, you can be fairly anonymous in that, I think. And that's the whole other side to consider too. How can you help your listeners stay anonymous? Well, setting yourself up in the first place, that's on the right track. Anyway, that's it for this crash course again, um, on some, some dark podcasting and maybe a little bit of dark blogging as well. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Feel free again to send any questions. Feel free to get in touch with me through via, you know, any of the channels available, uh, of course, in the Telegram group, Twitter, uh, and email. And I will see all of you woo, on the other side. <laughs>